Hello everybody and welcome to another installment of Finally Girl, a horror movie podcast where each week we chronicle and critique a beloved cult or underappreciated horror film. This week is Black Christmas, the 1974 Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas, directed by Bob Clark. So, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy Boxing Day, whatever it is you celebrate or care to celebrate. Maybe you don't celebrate at all. How are you feeling? How are you feeling this holiday season, Eliza? You know, I hate the holiday season. <laughs> I'm a big Grinch. I don't even care. Yeah, I've been talking a lot about how, because uh, we're, 20, we're 26 now. Christmas has lost its luster. Yeah, there's nothing special about Christmas anymore to me. You don't have a Christmas. We don't, we don't get winter breaks. Some people still do. Yeah, working full time. No one told me when I was a kid that I wasn't going to get a week off for Christmas. <laughs> what the hell? Working Christmas Eve, crying all the time. Crying all the time. Tis the season, am I right? Yeah. So this concludes our Christmas movie season. Yeah, I'm kind of sad. I, I like all the Christmas scaries. Well, I mean, there's always next year. Yeah, this is a bit... We've done some fun movies. Yeah, I tried to get the most essential ones, I think. What's your favorite one we've done this season? Deadly Games. Deadly Games yeah. is your favorite? Yeah. I think I think my favorite... It's still Silent Night, Deadly Night, isn't it? You know, what was the first one we did? Was Silent, Silent Night, Deadly, Deadly Night. Night. And then we did... Chucky, which, you know, you, oh, you yeah. can argue whether or not it is. I mean, Child's Play really. was really good. I think you're right. Yeah, I think Silent Night, Deadly Night is my favorite. It's definitely not Deadly Games. Oh, I knew that. Is that last, then? Yeah, yeah, that's last. So it's probably Deadly Games. Or, uh... <laughs> it's probably Silent Night, Deadly Night. Black Christmas is pretty damn good. But just because there was no creepy Santa... That's why I'm giving it a, a second well, that place. It doesn't have to be a, a requisite for every. I Christmas mean, I really horror. liked I really liked Black Christmas. You did. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was really scary. It's probably the scariest one we've done this season for the, the for the holiday movies. I mean, Creepy Santa from Deadly Games was really scary, but overall creep factor. This was my favorite. What's what's creepy about it? What's creepy about it? Well, I want to know what you think is creepy about it. You never see the killer's face. You don't. You have yeah. no backstory at all for the killer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the worst. I hate that. I hate trying to figure out my own story. Well, so wait, do you do you like do you like that about the movie, or do you dis? No, dislike? I think I think this movie did it really well. I think sometimes sometimes it leaves me wanting. More. more. I mean, this movie definitely leaves you wanting more, but it's also kind of finished. It wraps it up into a, a nice bow. There's two remakes of this movie. One from 2006, which I haven't seen, and one from 2019, which I have seen, which I believe to be a just an awful movie. <laughs> really? It's definitely trying to capitalize on the hashtag MeToo era, and it just... It, they don't execute their ideas very well in that movie. This is sometimes regarded the 19 of course the 1974 Black Christmas is sometimes regarded as the first slasher. I don't think you can say that because Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out this same year. Some people will even argue that Psycho was the first slasher in 1960. Yeah. Some say Blood Feast in 1963 by Herschel Gordon Lewis. And of course, there's Mario Bava's A Bay of Blood in 1971. What does this all mean? Eh, I don't really care. If I if you're going to ask me which one I would say, Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. There's an argument to, even made, to be made that Halloween, I mean, excuse me, Friday the 13th is the first slasher because that's the first one where you have a ton of bodies going down. <laughs> I mean, there were... in Texas Chainsaw and halloween and even this movie it's not as many but there's there were quite a few people that were slashed in this movie well let's see we have claire claire mrs mack mrs mack i'll say that that police officer outside mm -hmm. so we're Barb up to three four Barb phil, and phil five then peter 
Peter does, yeah. He doesn't get, but he doesn't get. He doesn't get killed by the killer. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would. He I was would, He gets an asterisk. So. Yeah. He'll, so we get five. Okay. That's still a lot of people. Yeah, that's a fair amount. Five people's Halloween too, right? Halloween is, so you got Bob and Linda. You've got Annie. That's three. You have Judith Myers in the beginning four. You could say there's that guy who Michael takes his coveralls from. Looks like he's killed him. Yeah. So you could say five. Him. You could say five there. But you really only see four kills. Yes. I mean, we don't see Peter's kill in this movie. I feel no, like this you movie don't see was the cop more... get killed either. That's true. But you do get to see all his wounds. You get to, yeah, his throat was slashed, yeah. Yeah. When was the first time you saw this movie? Uh, this was one of my biggest blind spots for a long time. I hadn't... The first time I saw it was two, two or three years ago. Two years ago, yeah, because it was during the pandemic. Had you heard of it before, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The common perception of this movie is that it inspired halloween do you agree with that or do you see how people can get there i yeah of course i can see it there is it opens in a similar fashion where it's the killer point of view yeah you get you have that but i'll i I didn't really see a whole lot of connections to halloween myself besides the little pov and then that one obscene phone call that but it wasn't even a real phone call that Mike Michael Myers made. Yeah, he just picks up those. Yeah. It's, there's not a lot of influence there. And yes, there's the killer point of view. But I think John Carpenter comes in and I think does that opening better in Halloween. He also has a better technology. The steady cam had been invented by then. Of course, Bob Clark, the director of this movie, he's kind of known to tell tall tales and in an and in an interview in 2005, he says that he told John Carpenter about an idea he had for a Black Christmas sequel. And Clark says, I said it would be the next year, and the guy would actually have been caught, escape from a mental institution, go back to the house, and they would start all over again. And I would call it Halloween. I can't find anywhere where John Carpenter has said he ever had that conversation, or if Bob Clark ever said that to him. Many people think he's full of shit and going back to the comparisons like you said at the beginning billy and we're gonna the killer is we're gonna call him billy i mean i assumed his name is billy uh, billy and michael Ma- billy. yeah billy and michael myers they don't have motives there's a there's a similarity there of course when we go into the later movies you know michael myers does develop a motive you know basing it on the original film only both end in a similar fashion where you believe the killer has died but we find out he's not yeah dead. but i mean this is different because you know at the end that the killer hasn't died well you know that michael myers hasn't died because he gets up and but we don't know he got up until oh we do was that at the yeah, end because donald Plutt, well dr loomis looks down and he's gone yeah and then we're done okay yeah so that's kind of where the similarities begin and end and I guess if anything, like if John Carpenter stole anything, maybe we could say the beginning, but I think he improved upon the beginning shot there. That's about it. Do you see any other similarities, really? No. I mean, there was one of the phone calls that I wrote in my notes that sounded like when Linda called Lori in Halloween and she's getting murdered on the other end of the phone call. Yeah. And that's what it kind of sounded like when Billy had called that one time. Um, it was earlier in the movie. And I even wrote in my notes, sounds like when Linda was getting killed in Halloween. Yeah, I, I see. What, yeah, I, I can see that with the, he does the squealing. Yeah. And, uh, makes that, the, but there's also like the pig noises. But yeah, I, I yeah. I, I, yeah, I, that's that and the POV stuff. So there are a couple of... Famous fans of this movie, uh, legend has it that Elvis Presley, this was his favorite horror movie. Really? Apparently he watched it every Christmas until he died, which would have just been three Christmases, but uh, because he died in August of 77. But yeah, apparently he he loved the movie. Oh my God, that's so weird. Olivia Hussey, who plays Jess, she said that she met Steve Martin 
and he said that he had watched the movie 27 times that's and not surprising it. it's a funny movie too there is some funny bits yeah yeah it's pretty funny oh man i love steve martin so much steve martin's never been in a horror movie i don't know if i could handle him in a horror movie <laughs> oh, i know you couldn't <laughs> i love that man so much watch him like kick one out when he turns 80 well, maybe I guess the closest thing is only murders in the building. <laughs> That's the closest thing he's ever done to horror. Uh, it's not true horror. It's well, not. I guess, yeah, it's just I, true. I would, I would just say it's comedy. So Bar Bob Clark, the director, is that that name ring a bell? Yeah, it does, and I don't know why. Well, uh, he's also he's famous for directing another Christmas classic. A Christmas like, story. Oh, that's why. So he's he's done that, and he's done Black Christmas and A Christmas Story. What a! Uh, I think I've only seen A Christmas Story like twice ever. I, I've seen that movie. Yeah, we, so many times because it, it it's on for I don't know how many I don't know how Christmas many yeah, I don't know how many years TBS has TV and TNT now they both channels aired from like eight eight p.m. on Christmas Eve till eight p.m. on Christmas Day. Yeah, my dad hated that movie when we were kids. My mom really liked it, but we never watched it. It was always It's a Wonderful Life. My cousins loved that movie, and so it usually was put... It was that that movie or Christmas Vacation was usually on during yeah. Christmas. We love watching Christmas Vacation. He's also known for Porky's. Oh. And then he's known for the almost universally derided Baby Geniuses and Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. <laughs> Like, I've seen Baby Geniuses. <laughs> Was it good? No. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. He also, uh, he directed, uh, you'll like this, he directed Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton in the movie Rhinestone. Yes. Which is another movie that is, uh, I've never seen it, but uh, Sylvester Stallone sings in it. And apparently Hell yeah. he's not, you know... I can he imagine he's a fantastic. No, he sounds like he would be a fantastic. Apparently, singer. in the movie, Dolly Parton is trying to jumpstart his singing career. Hell like they, yeah! They get together, and it's a whole thing. Hell yeah! So that's Bob Clark for the most part. And then the Ray Ray Roy Moore wrote the screenplay, and it was originally titled Babysitter. Okay. So I guess there's like that's a loot. So I'll, I'll explain that in a second. So, so that there's a loose connection to Halloween. Yeah, I was too, about to say that the original title Halloween is Babysitter Murders. Right. Wait, they weren't even babysitters in this movie. Yeah, that's. Uh, oh, give, give me a second. I think I'll explain. <laughs> His original script, he based it on an urban legend called the Babysitter and the Man Upstairs, and it was a story that people would tell about getting calls from a strange voice and who says check the children and then hangs up which is when the when a stranger calls yeah, yeah have you checked the children when bob clark comes in and he makes changes to it he gets rid of the babysitters and he makes the film set in a sorority house and he titles the film stop me and then eventually it becomes black christmas i like black christmas better yeah there were Warner Brothers, when it was released, they were afraid that people would think it was a, a black exploitation movie because in the time in the 70s, that was a yeah. big black exploitation uh, era, obviously. And we'll get to the stars. Well, first, I'm going to start with John Saxon, who plays Lieutenant Ken Fuller. You'll become more familiar with him as this podcast goes along. Is he in some other big. Oh, yeah. Movies. He plays another lieutenant in Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, he plays okay. the Nancy, the final girl's dad. He was in Dario Argento's Tenebrae. He, he's fluent in Italian, so he's done a lot. He did a lot of movies over in Italy. He looks Italian. You think so? Yeah, I do. I think he looks Italian. He's got the nose and the, and the hair. Italians have a nose? Yeah, the Italian nose didn't know that look it up my cousins all have that uh, that nose he's saxon's probably most well i guess it really these days it's either nightmare on elm street or he's most well known for bruce lee's enter the dragon and then we have margot kidder who plays barb recognize Mar margot kidder no margot kidder is she twiggy she looks like twiggy the the skinny model from the 70s 
Okay, then I guess by the look that you're giving me right now is not Twiggy. Who? <laughs> you don't know who Twiggy is? Who the hell is Twiggy? <sighs> we can look him. We can look her up after this. Okay. <laughs> who the hell is Twiggy? She's a famous model from the seventies. Twi- her name is Twiggy. Twiggy. She went by Twiggy. Yes. And this wasn't like a, a nickname. Well, I guess it probably had to be a nickname, but yeah, that's not her. Well, I didn't know. Okay. Oh, she's still alive. She's 73. Margot Kidder is not. Twiggy's a nickname for Leslie Hornby. All you fact checkers. So, Margot Kidder. No, I guess it doesn't mean... So, I guess it's not Twiggy, but what should I recognize her from? Well, she played Lois Lane in all four of Christopher Reeve's Superman movies. She played opposite James Brolin in the 1979 Amityville Horror. Oh, okay. Which... She referred to as a piece of shit once in her interview. I love the Amityville Horror. You saw it? You saw the it? original 1979? You've seen it? I'm pretty sure I have. I've definitely seen the Ryan Reynolds one, and I'm pretty sure my mom showed me the original one. I'm not a huge fan of it. That either. old car that we used to have, that red Mercury, we bought from Amityville. Oh, yeah, because you lived in upstate New York. Yeah, and my mom was like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she was... Really, she was she got hired for this movie because probably because she was in uh, Brian De Palma's Sisters in 1972. I think she gives the best performance of the movie. Uh, She's I mean, definitely love, the funniest. Yeah, for sure. She's a character, all right. I don't know. I think Mrs. Mack gave the best performance. Okay, I love Mrs. Mack. She is my favorite character. In case you were wondering, she's my favorite character. I don't know if I would say she's got she had the best performance i thought she did she could switch from really nice to really like she reminds me a lot of myself like she was talking shit behind everybody's back but then like to their face she was so sweet Man, you're really outing yourself right now as two-faced <laughs> i mean, I mean we, we all talk shit everybody talk does shit. but yeah margot kidder she apparently according to the producers of the movie she showed up on set usually hungover. <laughs> She insisted on actually drinking during the scenes where you see her drinking. I was going to say, she plays a really good drunk. (laughs) I guess she really does play a really good drunk. Because she was fucking drunk. Her life kind of turned into a... That's a... Kind of a sad story. It it seems like it's leading that. She died by suicide in 2018. (gasps) In 2018? Yeah, she, she, she had a bad drug problem and yeah, all, she was an alcoholic she had a lot of substance she abuse went through issues. like bipolar disorder <sighs> she was homeless for a while yeah very sad that's really sad she's a she's a wonderful wonderful actor that's oh oh so uh, moving on from that wonderful story <sighs> so depressing olivia hussey plays jess our final girl yes we do have a final girl in this movie Although I wish it were Barb. I really thought it was going to be Bob. I thought it was going to be Barb because the movie kind of starts off with her. Yeah, she's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like she's going to be the end. I would have never expected Jess to be our main character, pretty much. Besides Billy. So, yeah, Olivia Hussey. Where is she from? Well, she she was a pretty big star at this time because she kind of expl- she exploded onto the scene when she was 15 years old and she played Juliet in the 1968 film version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it was pretty surprising for her to take this role cuz she's uh, very much a a stage actor and I think you can you, you can, can definitely tell, tell especially when she answers the phone. Hello. Yeah. Well, the first time we heard her speak, I was like, who is she talking to? She it sounded like like she's talking to a room full of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the old the, the old adage of like you act for the last role. Exactly. And, uh, and she also draws out her uh consonants which you learn in theater acting. But where where is she from like geographically? Oh, England. England. Okay. She has a funny voice. You can hear her accent. Yeah, was she supposed to be American? Was she trying to play American? This this whole movie, everybody's supposed to be American, but mostly they're Canadian. Oh, there's no way that woman was playing American. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess we don't know for sure that she's supposed to be playing American, but there's like 
She's very clearly. There's so many American flags in this movie. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've picked that because cause this was filmed in Toronto. Oh, was it? And mo- I mean, that's what the thing about it, it seems like mo- at least most Canadian movies I've seen, at least Canadian horror movies I've seen, they really. And it's kind of the tr- it's kind of the same case with with Italian horror movies to an extent. Like they really try to make you believe that you're in America, even when they film it outside of America. Yeah, I mean there weren't very many exterior shots, just like of the house. Yeah. So I would really wouldn't have been able to tell. I thought but it was can, in New York you State. Can, you can even hear the Canadian accents in a lot of the actors, like especially like some of the cops. You can hear the aboot and the story. Really, I wasn't listening for that. I guess. They tried to get as many, of course, they tried to get as many Canadian actors as they could for this because you get tax credits when you're in, if you, if you're in, you film in Canada, you use Canadian actors. Mm. Margot Kidder is Canadian. Barb. Yes. And then we have like the other big name of the cast outside of Hussey. Because Margot Kidder really hadn't, it's four years before Superman came along this movie. So oh, she wasn't okay. a household name yet but the other household name would have been Kier Dulay who plays Peter the boyfriend who doesn't what? want Jess to get the abortion what was he in uh he is most known for starring in 2001 a space odyssey and so like that and that just can't came out in 1968 this is only eight years after it and he was a 38 at the time of this movie. Yeah, he looks 38. He definitely doesn't look like 22. Or I guess he was supposed to be like probably 26 because he said he'd been in the conservatory for eight years. Yeah. So that pretty much rounds out the cast. As for like the voice of Billy, from what I've gathered, it seems like Nick Mancuso mainly voiced him. Anne Hussey did some of it. Bob Clark, the director, apparently did a lot of the screaming. That was. <laughs> That's cool. But apparently there's also, like, other reports where there's, like, even, like, three other people who could have voiced Billy as well. Okay. So, it's, I guess whoever was on set that day. I guess so. <laughs> Were you aware of this movie at all before today? Because we want not, not watching it the same day as we were, were recording. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had heard of it a couple months ago. That was the first time I had ever heard of it. So, not before then. No, when we decided to do this podcast. Okay. <laughs> and you looked up movies uh-huh. and it came up. Yep, that's yeah. exactly what it was. I had never heard of it before. At least I don't think I have. I didn't know anything about it. The only thing I did know about it was there were going to be obscene phone calls in it because we talked a little bit about it in our Halloween episode. Yeah, we did. We did. But that's all I know about it. It's not what I was expecting. What were you expecting? I was expecting to see the real killer. I wasn't expecting the killer to be in the house. I wasn't expecting like half of that movie. I didn't know it was going to be a sorority house. I didn't know anything. Okay. I love that house, by the way. It's a gorgeous house. doesn't leave an impression on me. Really? Oh my God. The first thing I wrote was pretty house with Christmas lights. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I love this Tudor. A high school girl's been murdered. Mr. Harrison's daughter is missing. And now at the house where she lives, the other girls are getting obscene phone calls. Yeah, what I've done is I've tapped this phone so that when it rings, it'll ring at the station house, too. There was a little girl murdered over in the park tonight. Yes, I heard. All right, let's get into the movie. We open up on the... The establishing shot of the sorority house, Silent Night, Holy Night, Blaze, the, over the credits. That is the scariest version of Silent Night, Holy Night I've ever heard in my entire life. Really? Why? Oh my God. It was so, I don't, was it not supposed to be creepy? I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. I just like, you know. It gave me the heebie-jeebie. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. And then we get the... The POV shot. Yeah, how did they film that? Do you know? From what I've gathered is that they kind of like strapped the ca- the camera operator kind of strapped the camera to him because there's no steady cam. Yeah, like that's... I said before. So he kind of and he kind of climbed up. Yeah. What I when he was climbing up the trellis, I was like, this kind of reminds me of like a GoPro, and I know it's not a GoPro because this is like 50 years ago. But yeah, it is almost 50, almost exactly almost 50, 50 years, years ago. Whew. But I was like, how the heck did they film this back in 1974? 
But yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it did look like the camera was strapped to his head or something. And climbs up the trellis and into the attic. Yeah, that attic was weird with the rocking horse. I'm like, why is there a rocking horse in a sorority house? It's, you know, it's Mrs. Max, probably. Oh, God love her. <laughs> she just rocks on that horse. Did the heavy breathing and the snarling I hated do anything it. for you? It was so creepy. Okay, I mean, so I ha- was, I liked okay. it. I hated it. But I liked it, you know. I know what you're saying. It was uh, better breathing than Michael Myers, I felt like. Wow. Yeah, I felt like it was scarier than Michael Myers breathing. No. I don't know, maybe if it was because it was because it was louder or there were more, it was more guttural. I don't know. I was more scared of that guy's breathing than Michael Myers breathing. Huh. Yeah, I don't find, I, I, I don't, I'm going to disagree with you there. You're allowed to. You usually do. <laughs> I mean, I usually do. I don't know if I usually do. What would be the point of this You're podcast? not even agreeing we... with me now with the, the fact that you disagree with me. Oh, ay ay You think Michael Myers' breathing was scarier? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. There's just something, I don't know. He, Michael Myers' breathing is like almost otherworldly. And then this guy, Billy, I don't know. It's just kind of... I, I like how you describe it as guttural, and it just, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I know too much about him just by the way he's breathing, as strange as that sounds. Yeah, that is strange. Because, I don't know, like the, and the, what do you, what do you think about the obscene phone calls? Do, do, do they do much for you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, by the end of, because this is, this is the third time I've seen this movie. By the end of this movie... I've I'm kind of I'm kind of checked out when he gets really? on, when he gets on the phone. Oh, I was I don't I guess because it was the first time I've seen this movie, I was very much into it the whole time. Just the phone calls, not so much the movie. No, the in phone its entirety. calls too. Yeah, I'm just like okay, I get it, I get it. Really, I, I was know, it, very it interested to, in the phone it calls. It starts to get a little too soft work for me. I don't know, especially when they started relaying the conversations that Jess had had earlier in the house. I was like, what is he going to say next time? Is he going to say more stuff that she had already said? I'm like, when is she going to find out that he's in the house? The whole like thinking Peter was the killer really got me too. That was, I was really believing Peter was the killer. See, I thought you would have been like, I really thought you were going to be like, of course Peter's not. They've been building it up this whole time. Of course he's not going to be the killer. Couldn't That's too obvious. That's how I thought you were going to react. And I was like, she's going to hate this. She's going to hate this so much. No, I thought it was Peter the whole time. Especially, like, you see him slam the piano. You see him... Like, I thought he I thought he was going to hit Jess at one point. Yeah, I, you did. You said that out loud, you know? Yeah, I was like, he's going to hit her. He's going to hit her. I just, like, it's, like, so like the most obvious red airing that um really i was like okay buddy we know it's not peter even the first time i saw this movie like really it's peter huh at the end when he, when he comes when he finally comes, bashes through the basement window and goes, mm-hmm. like really it's been peter wow that is so lazy so i was so i'm so relieved at the end when it's not really? peter when it's not peter i thought but at the same time it kind of like kills the mystery of it to a sense because like we don't who who the hell is Billy then if it's none of the characters that yeah. have been introduced I guess it makes it scare I don't know it does it makes it scarier I guess it makes it scarier I don't think it would have been as scary if Peter were the killer the whole no, time no I don't think it but somebody else I don't know who that character could be because like yeah that it, at the end of my notes I wrote. You know, I have so many questions. Like, why is this guy so obsessed with this sorority house? Why did he even start calling them in the first place? Like, he has to have a connection somehow. But, no, he doesn't. But, no, I, or at no. least it wasn't he's revealed. Just a, he's just a sicko. One big sicko obsessed with pigs. Oh, also, I'm wondering what ever happened to Janice then? Do you think he killed 13-year-old Janice? I assume so. Uh, it, that is it is very strange. How I they thought, throw that in there. Yeah, I thought that was pretty dumb. I was like, where's this storyline connect? How does it connect to the, what's going on at the sorority house, and why are we so invested in Janice? I guess he just he killed Janice on his way. Maybe on his way over there. I, I guess that's what I guess that's the the implication there. Maybe. That's the only explanation I can come up with. 
Then why isn't he killing high school girls? Why did he move to college girls? Maybe Janice got in his way on his way to go kill the college girls. I don't, yeah. I, don't I, don't know. Know. I, I think a matter of convenience, whatever's around, you know. <laughs> oh, Billy. I loved all the 70s hair and makeup in this movie, especially Barb. I, I, truly iconic. And if anyone's interested in hair and makeup from the 70s like I am, it was gorgeous. And the, the outfits, fantastic. The fur coat that, uh, that Claire's, Claire's boyfriend, boyfriend Chris Hayden, well, that was his name. Yeah, Claire Harrison's boyfriend, he wore this fur coat. Oh. Yeah, I feel like he's in this movie just to wear that fur coat. and He really is, <laughs> just for the hair and the coat. So we'll get to the, we'll start with the first obscene phone call. During the party. And I like how everybody gathers around to hear him. Like it's, it's definitely not the first time he's called. Because yeah. he call, she calls him the moaner. Mm-hmm. The moaner's called again or whatever she says. And I'm like, why haven't they reported this yet? Well, as we see throughout this movie, the cops aren't exactly great in this town. Yeah, that police department's a joke. I'm talking about you, Nash. <laughs> he... Nash is a screw-up from beginning to end, because even at the end, I don't know if you noticed that John Saxon's character tells him to make sure everything is in order, and he just leaves. He's <laughs> like, yeah, let's get out of here. He just turns off the light <laughs> and leaves freaking Jess alone. And the to- the overall incompetence of that police department to not even look in the attic. They didn't even, <laughs> they didn't they- even search the place when Claire was reported missing. <laughs> they should have searched that house from top to bottom. Would have saved them some time and some murders. <laughs> God, useless police department. And that kind of ties in later on. We have the civilian who shot the, uh, I guess just a cop. Yeah, he shot one of the cops. From- yeah. And they were like, sir, you uh, fired on a police officer. And he was like, you're damn right I did. <laughs> that was so good. So obviously, even the townspeople know that police department's a joke. But that first obscene phone call, the whole house gathers around because he's so charismatic with his. Yeah, he his really phone draws call. the ladies in. What does he say? Yeah, um, I don't want to repeat it. I don't <laughs> like that word very much. He says the c word. <laughs> I don't like that word. It gives me the ugh, gives me the creeps. But oh, they. Yeah, he talks about they piggy. Say it, they say it across the pond all the time, like it's nothing. You can say I it. know they can. They say it across the pond, but he says piggy cunt. Yeah. Over and over again. Let me lick it. Ugh, God. And he doesn't sexually, as far as we know, they don't show it or say anything about it. But as far as I know, he didn't sexually touch any of the women. Not that we know, but. Yeah. But yeah, starting off like that, I was like, hmm. What a what a strong beginning. Yeah, I just think it, it's a it's strong beginning and it just goes downhill from there for me. Really? Yeah. I I quite enjoyed it the whole time. Do you mean like just the phone calls? The phone going, calls, okay, yeah, not yeah. the movie itself. Okay. And then we get some good uh, Mrs. Mac. Yeah, oh she, well, before that we have Claire dying. Yeah, Claire gets suffocated in cellophane. Yeah, it was like um a dry cleaning bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was the killer like mimicking the cat? I don't know. I knew you, for you sure. Think you, I know I you think he, think did. he did. I think. I, I mean, like he's so he good at like, voices. Yeah. Like yeah, he probably might have. I think he was just like trying to trick her and being like meow, and she's like Claude, which stupid name for a cat. I love that name. I knew you would love that name. Why? Why did you? Know? It just seems you said that if we get a cat, you want to name him Jerry or Larry so, or Larry. Oh, <laughs> so so uh imaginative great names for cats claude is better Imagine than jerry big, and larry fat larry <laughs> God. big fat orange cat named larry no isn't that great no i mean he's not to start like when he gets older he can fatten up like we don't have to like you know force feed him cream puffs or something to fatten him up eat up larry <laughs> god you're too skinny no you're too skinny for a larry you're too skinny for a Larry. But yeah, Mrs. Mac, she's the she's the other big alcoholic of the bunch. She's probably I guess, probably the alcoholic of the bunch because she hides her her sherry. 
bottles everywhere. In the toilet, in the hollowed out book. What is it? B is for booze. Yeah, B is for booze. I love that. That was amazing. Uh, so the killer brings Claire up to the attic and puts her in a rocking chair. This is very Norman Bates to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You see that? I'm like, why is he... And why didn't he take the plastic off of her head afterwards? I don't know. But then he puts like a doll in her arms. Super creepy. Yeah, that's kind of the iconography of the movie. Because if you pick up the... If you see, if you've seen the poster, that's t- that's the poster. Oh, really? Uh, just done in an art style. It's on the cover of the 4K box over there. I'll look at it. Hello. Yeah, I, I guess I'm assuming that this person, Agnes, is like who he's like, that's why he's killing girls. And that's probably why he picked this age group was because there was someone in his life named Agnes, which I'm assuming is like maybe, I don't think it's a mother, but I'm thinking it's a sister or I'm thinking it's a sister. Maybe. And. Probably. Maybe he, I don't There, Bob Clark claims that he had a whole backstory for the character and nobody has any idea if he there's been no confirmation from like anybody else who worked on the movie or if he just made that shit up years after he's like yeah i got a backstory i ain't gonna tell you though bob clark seemed like he was quite the this quite the bullshitter he's well he sounds like a great storyteller yeah no no he is he is for sure everybody loves a good story whether or not it's true and then we get the good line ho 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 shit fuck (laughs) no he says ho 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 shit first oh does he and then at the end of that scene he goes ho 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 fuck yeah whose boyfriend is that again i don't even remember i don't remember i think it's phil oh it may have been phyllis's boyfriend or phil phil's boyfriend they don't really call her phyllis i don't think they do (laughs) i just assumed her name was phyllis i would assume so and we see at that same party where uh Phil's boyfriend's dress as Santa that Barb's giving this kid like straight up wine or I think it was wine or champagne something like that alcohol yeah I didn't know what fellatio how do you say it (laughs) I didn't know what that meant you I I wrote it I wrote (laughs) I spelled it out too F-E-L-A-T-I-O question mark I can't believe how do you not know I've never heard of that word in my entire life I can't believe that you and Sergeant Nash or whatever yeah if someone would have made that joke to me I would have been like yeah that's the new exchange you got it I can't believe how would I know that word the actor who played Sergeant Nash actually had no idea what it was either And he didn't yeah. ask so he could come off like, you know, like what is like that? a doofus. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know what I do. You've never heard that before? I've never heard that. You read some more books, I think. No. <sighs> I read books. <laughs> My God. What books are talking about that? What kinds of books? Should I be reading Fifty Shades of Grey? Is that what I should be reading so I can know these things? I... <sighs> no book I've ever read has had that word in it. I'm not reading huh. sexy books. Doesn't have to be a, a like a smut. Sounds like it should be. Uh, all right. So Mrs. Mac was hooked to death. Yeah. My poor lady. <laughs> My poor lady. I felt so Starring bad Mrs. for her. Mac. <laughs> Starring Mrs. Mac. And then he just keeps her hung on that hook. Which why is there a hook like that? I don't. I didn't understand. The hang things. In the attic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a hook. I don't even have an attic right now. When Peter leaves the sorority house after having that fight with Jess about the abortion, he just kind of like stayed and creeped yeah, around. Yeah, he lurks in the trees. Yeah, that was a little bit Another... of Michael Myers. Well, yeah, but he's not the killer. No, but at this point I thought he was. So to me, I was like, Michael Myers watching the house, looking at the... 
Nope. Looking at the cop, which nope. is another question I have. Nope. Billy was in the house the whole time. I mean, I guess Jess did say later on that only one window and one door was locked in the whole house. But how did Billy get out of the house to kill the cop sitting out in the car? Probably climbed back down the trellis where he came in. Oh, duh. I mean, also, like, you you hear him walking around a few times, too. It's yeah. Like, and he's gets in between and like 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 you said that she mentions that like like none of the windows or doors are locked so he could have went out like any window or door yeah that makes sense did you notice they have like a a handmade poster of a zodiac sign i don't know if that has any significance but i noticed it because it would kept showing up over and over again it was in the living room i think or maybe the kitchen but it was like a red poster it said like Aries Ram. Oh, Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay. this is so random. And it was in the background of like a ton of It scenes. seemed like some 70s bullshit like Yeah, hippie dippy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the score of this movie. So there's not really a lot of piano. There is. But a lot of it's not, there's not a lot of it though. There was more it's more like sounds. Like the soundtrack is more Yeah, I guess it's more sounds, but it's not it's definitely not traditional it's more it kind of borders on like texas chainsaw massacre where there's not like it's mainly like creepy sounds that go i don't know it was better than that i think it's there was a lot of better like bass notes in the background it was still scored well it's scored but like i feel like like, texas chainsaw massacre wasn't very well done we need to redo that movie. Yeah, real creep. Yeah, the the lost pilot of the Finally lost Girl. pilot of Finally Girl. <laughs> so Barb's kill. She gets stabbed repeatedly with a glass unicorn. A unicorn horn. I was like, oh no, unicorns are you, magical. You catch the glimpse of Billy, his eyes. Would you, that was probably the creepiest shot. Of the yeah, movie. just like that weird ass eye with different colors on in it. So. At this point, after Barb is killed, the phone rings, and that the, and I'm like, I finally make the connection. So does he call every time he kills somebody? But he called before he started killing people, though. But I guess once the killing started, he really started calling. Or every did time. he? Because he did he kill Janice at that time? I don't know. <gasps> oh, maybe he did. Who's to say? I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, Bob Clark's been dead since 2005, so he can't give us any story. Damn <laughs> you, Bob Clark. And then after the phone call, actually, it was right before the phone call with um, where Billy talks about, what was it, like uh, uh, the, the wart removed. Like it's, it's not like having a wart removed. Yeah, referring to the abortion. Referring to the abortion. I'm like, oh my god, the phone calls are coming from Mrs. Max's room. But do you think at the beginning of the movie when he's climbing up the trellis, that's definitely not the first time he's been there, right? Why not? I don't know. It seems like he's done that before. It seemed like he knew Maybe exactly where to go. Uh, Maybe I, he just I scoped he, it out. I don't know. I don't. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, but... It's almost creepier if that's not the first time he's done it. If I had to, I mean, I would say it's the first time he's done it. Then where were the calls coming from before he was in the house? Just a pay phone? Any other phone. Did he get that phone number? So weird. It's probably, I mean, if he is familiar with this call, maybe he goes to that college, I don't know. If he's familiar with the call, he probably, there's probably a phone number you can get pretty easily if you... Talk yeah. to people. On the bathroom wall. Maybe, yeah. Call this sorority yeah. house for a good time. We do get a POV from not just Billy, but we also get one from Barb? No. Jess. When she goes to look for Phil and Barb after they're killed, after she finds out that the phone calls are coming from inside the house. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. You have a couple of shots of her POV going through the house, which I thought was interesting. I loved all the, the, the dramatics of the linemen tracing the phone call. Yeah, I thought, I thought that's really cool. I thought it was really cool. Running around, trying to figure out what line it was. It was awesome. I can't imagine. I mean, wow. that It just seemed like so much work. And now it's just like the GPS in your phone. 
That's crazy. I thought it was fun when the killer and Jess were like in their little spat before she gets down to the basement and he pulls her hair. I was like, oh my God. He's going to rough house her. He's going to rough house her. <laughs> and then when Peter goes down to the basement, when Jess is in there, I'm like, how does Peter know she's in the basement? I like how he just immediately he's goes been, to the basement. Because he's been lurking outside, and I guess he hears the screams, and then maybe hears the door. And Oh, maybe. Yeah. And that's when he bashes through the basement window and comes in. Yeah, and I was so mad when we get the call from Nash that the phone, well, the phone calls were coming from inside the house. He's like, because the sergeant told him... Just Don't tell think. her to put the phone down and walk out of the house. Do not tell her that it's coming from inside the house or that the killer is inside the house. And freaking Nash does. He's like, Jess, the, f- <laughs> the killer's in the house. I'm like, you idiot. Don't go up there. Don't go up there. Yeah, he, uh, like I said, he, he really, he just, he, he screws just up throughout the entire movie. The biggest screw up. And then when we're made to believe that Peter's the killer, and then once the lights turned off in the room where Jess is sleeping at the end, we find out that you the know, killer's we, still upstairs. The slow pan, stop, pan again, up to the attic. Very creepy. I'm like, why didn't they see the lights on in the attic when they were coming up to the house? I guess they're not really looking for it. These are just awful police officers. Horrible detective work. (laughs) (laughs) Just awful detective work. And especially like if, okay, like I get if they didn't search the whole house when Claire was declared missing. But when there's, when there's two murders that they know of, and then plus Peter in the house, why aren't they searching the rest of the freaking I, I house? Know. I have no idea that that. And then they just leave. Just, just. And then they just leave. Chalk it up to terrible police work. They're like, we're gonna take the sheets off this bloody bed, and you're all right, Jess. You're gonna be okay. See you tomorrow. Yeah, they sedate her. <laughs> yeah, they sedate her and then leave her alone. I mean, there is a cop outside the house. At the end, we see him like smoking a cigarette, a c- cigarette, a cigarette. We see him smoking a cigarette outside, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then the phone rings. Yeah, the phone rings. And the police officer doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, I'm just chilling out here. Like, go inside and answer it. But besides all that, I liked it. I thought it was a really good movie. I was scared, and I was, I laughed, I cried. (laughs) You did not cry. I did not cry. I almost cried when Mrs. Mack died. I really loved her. B is for booze. Anyone who says that <laughs> and hides their liquor in a hollowed out book, you can be my friend. If you're an alcoholic, you can be <laughs> my friend. I mean, I'll help you get treatment. What's your what's your uh, star rating? I want to give it I want to give it a three and a half to four out of five. Well, I'm going three and a half. Really? Yeah. More three and a half than four? Well, three and a half for sure. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in your <laughs> no mind. Not a single mind. doubt. Why? Well, like I said, the calls, they, they really wear me down by the end of it. I I love the camera work in this movie quite a bit. The performances are great. Even down to Olivia Hussey, who Fake maybe British. overdoes it a little bit. Yeah, she's very dramatic. But still great. Love Margot Kidder a lot. And it does create a very unsettling atmosphere from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go away. But yeah, just like the, I don't know, the phone calls. And just like, it just, it, it, it takes me out of it after a while. Do you, did you think that more this time watching it versus the first time you saw it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because as a first time watcher... I really liked the phone calls. I yeah. didn't think they tapered mm-hmm. off or anything. I thought they were fantastic. So maybe I was in a strange mood today. May you must have been, because I thought they were really good. And I thought they got better. Well, I don't know if they got better, but I thought they got they were they were equally as scary. It was consistent throughout. Yeah, yeah I get it. That's why I'm going three point five to four. Three point seven five. Yeah, three point seven five. So I guess Silent Night, Deadly Night is number one then for sure. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night was so good. Naughty. (laughs) 
Yeah, had Billy said naughty, maybe it would have gotten a four. I don't know. <laughs> what, you don't like piggy cunt? No, or? I did not like that. <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> That's supposed to be a snort. That was supposed to be a pig snort. I can't do it. I can't do it either. There yep, you go. That was that pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, this is that, that, that. That's Christmas for you. <laughs> that's Christmas. That's a spooky Christmas. Oh, like I said at the beginning, I'm I'm sad to be done with the Christmas horror movies for another year. But maybe I'm good. Maybe I'm good on them. Do we have any val- Valentine's Day movies coming? My up? bloody Valentine. Well, I don't know if we're gonna do my bloody Valentine. Though. What about a St. Patrick's we're Day probably horror not movie? Gonna- I mean, there there are le- the Leprechaun movies. We're not, <laughs> we're not gonna. Well, mo- well of course, fe- February and February is mostly gonna be Scream because we're le- leading up to Scream Six. When does Scream Six come out? March tenth. March tenth. Is it theaters only? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, is there anywhere they can watch Black Christmas? It's on Shutter. I think it's on Tubi actually too. Oh. For to, Tubi's free. For anybody, even so. my dad has two B, so you guys can do it too. <laughs> uh, definitely watch Black Christmas and tell us what you think if you've never seen it before. And if you have seen it before, give us your rating. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Finally, Girl Pod. Finally, Girl Pod. Subscribe, follow, rate us, like us, hit the bell for notifications on Spotify. It's every Friday, though, if you don't want to do that. Every Friday, we're here. If you want to do more work, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to do more work. But we'll see you next week in January. No, it'll still be December. Will it be? Oh, yeah. Shoot, yeah. It'll be the 30th. Yeah, we're (laughs) recording this the week of Christmas. Yeah, this will be out the 23rd. So, Christmas Eve Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. Well, we'll see you next week. See you next week.